It was a really, really good week um, up at camp or uh, uh, Yosemite. It was smoky. It was a lot of smoke. Um, couldn't see Half Dome as you guys saw. And uh, there was uh, enough black bears to, to go around. But uh, um, we had some good speakers. This year was really challenging. They really challenged us with the word as far as um, just application. And it's just practical application. You had Nate who would run around, and uh, it was hard to, uh, I guess, capture him. So if you're sitting in the back and he goes to the left, he's gone. You're just listening to the voices. But then he'll, he'll walk back around, and then he'll say, I see everything. I even see the people who aren't paying attention. And then everybody's eyes go up, because you never know. He could be right in your face, you know, looking right at you. Um, but Ken and but Ken was a, the exact opposite. So you had the older generation uh, who really kind of just took to Ken, and Ken would just stay in one spot, stay under the shade, under the umbrella, and you could see what the, where the speaker was, where Nate was just back flipping uh, back and forth with his, uh, um, his shoes off. <laughs> but I really took to heart what Ken Daughters had spoke on. Ken Daughter spoke on something that we ourselves in this church, specifically in other churches, have probably been back um, or probably have, uh, not probably, kind of gone through um, certain situations where we could point fingers at someone else for doing something else in scripture. If you could turn to James chapter three, um, and Ken Daughter's spoken on this, it's James chapter three, and it's, it's, it's basically a rebuke um, by James to the church or uh, uh, to Christians in general. And uh, as Ken spoke on this, he himself said that it was hard for him to not apply this to his life. He said, how can I, you know, how can I preach this and, uh, and see myself in it so much? We're, we're going to read through uh, chapter 4, um, but we're going to start in verse 12 of chapter th uh, 3. It says, can a fig tree... Um, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine fig, so can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Uh, who is a wise man and endued with the knowledge among you? Let him shew out of a good conversation uh, his works with meekness and wisdom. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly and sensual and devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, and easy to, in, to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of the righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. From whence come wars and fighting amongst you? Come they not hence even of you your lust that war in your members? Ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight in war, yet ye have not because ye have, you have not because you've asked not. Ye ask and receive not because you ask amiss, uh, that ye may consume it upon your lust. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is, is the enemy of God. Do you think that the scripture saith in vain, the spirit that dwelleth in us lusteth to envy? 
But he that giveth more grace, wherefore he said, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted, and mourn, and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning, and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Speak not evil of one another, or of one Speak not evil one of another, brethren. He that speaketh evil of his brother and judgeth his brother speaketh evil of the law and judges, judges the law. But if thou judge the law, thou art not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is one lawgiver who is able to save and to destroy. Who art thou that judges another? Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow we will, get, we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain. Whereas ye know, uh, whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time, and vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live, and to do this or that. But now ye rejoice in your boasting, and all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. Ken Daughters had spoke of a time where he had gone to Emmaus. He'd gone to some of the best Bible schools out there. Gone to Texas, or it was a Dallas seminary. He's at Emmaus. He's at all these Christian schools with all these godly men and brothers. And he said those were the places he had seen the worst fights ever. I can attest to a time where I've been in a few meetings myself, uh, um, close uh, to the brothers here, and it's been just nothing but fighting. When he says, when that happens, there is bitter envying among you. Verse 14 of chapter 3, it says, but if you have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. And that word bitter means zealous envying. It's in your heart, and it's festering, and you're zealous for what you think is right, but you know you're not right. Even in that verse, it says, Glory not and lie not against the truth. So don't lie to yourself. You know what it is. Don't say that it's a holy crusade. It's not God's war. It's pride, and it's pride that wells up within us. Um, he had given us a, a, a great exhortation where as he's explaining these things, there's pictures of people in my head, and then he turns and says, if you picture people in your head doing this, he says, this is talking to you. <laughs> he said, it's you. And as soon as he says that, I mean, it was like, I told Josh, it's like hearing dubstep for the first time. It's like, wah, 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 you know, your head's all rattling. Um, if you don't know what dubstep is, just uh, um, the Lord has blessed you. Um, but to take into account this scripture and to point fingers is literally doing what James is saying not to do. He says, if you're not looking at yourself, then this this scripture is all for nothing. Like you, you are exactly what I'm. If it wasn't the Holy Spirit, it was it was nobody else. But uh, it was basically the Holy Spirit. Right after Ken had told me, he says, "This is you. This is in your heart. You're no better than the men that you're portraying or you're illustrating in your head. If you fix yourself and humble yourself, the Lord will lift you up." Can it finish the whole series speaking about all this should be done for the glory of God? The glory of God. You're not zealous to fight. You're not zealous to go after someone. You're not zealous to make 
your will or uh, impose your will upon others the way that you think some the way that you think uh, anything should go as far as the church is concerned, even if you don't have the power. It's you who should be humbled, and you should uh, let the Lord lift you up. So that's what I got um, out of it, and it's basically an exhortation to uh, just to look towards the Lord. And um, and Ken really spoke to me. I thought Nate was going to, you know, Nate had some really great points, some uh, really great illustrations, but Ken was, you know, he was phenomenal to me. So I guess the Lord spoke through Ken to me at that point in time. Now, it was... I mean, you could just tell that the Lord was working at this conference through Ken and through Nate. Just the, the messages that were giving, they were giving just the attention that they were getting. And I think it was said that this was the largest Yosemite conference that we've ever had. Is that true? I don't know. Um, could be. But there was a lot of people there. And uh, the very beginning of the week, there's a, a boy named Braden who was swimming in the river and was drowning. And uh, Jake Wilson and Nathan Reeves saw this boy and saved him from the river. And this, this boy was uh, part of a big family. And on Thursday evening, Nate Bramson was giving a message. Uh, it's the gospel message on Thursday evening, as most of you know. And Nate decides to use one person as an example. So he says, I'm going to find someone seven rows down, um, four people over. And so he counts one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four. And it happens to be Braden, this boy that was saved on Monday night. And the, is just, this is, I mean, you know this is of the Lord when it happens this way. This is no accident that this boy was chosen so this boy was chosen. Nate gives an example with this boy about how precious he is, how when the Lord looks at him, how much the Lord loves him. And I think one of some of the uh, examples or uh, things he said that night, uh, Nate did, was uh, when, you, when you view people, when you look at people, oftentimes we have this ranking or status or uh, some sort of, we view people in a certain way and if, if it's someone we like, we're going to talk to them more than someone we don't like. I, I think uh, we're all sort of guilty of this here, is that we're going to talk to the people that we like more than uh, when we, and we also, when we see someone that we may not get along with as well, we'll sort of avoid them or not talk to them as much. And so Nate really put into perspective the fact that God loves everyone equally the same 100%. And you just, after he explained that with this boy, and uh, Nate's a very uh, touchy-feely kind of guy, so he had his hands on the boy's head, and he was hugging the boy, and he was just really um, demonstrating how much God loves this boy, Braden. And I, I, I feel that everyone who was listening to this couldn't help but feel that we need to love everybody the same way that God loves them. So... Moving forward, as he's using Braden as an example, um, he finishes his message. And afterward, Braden comes up to me randomly, and he starts telling me about how he wants to play the guitar and how, how he wants to sing. And he's really, this is a really happy kid. I mean, one of the more happier kids. He's very, this, I, if you would have met him, I, I, I mean, I don't know if he got saved, uh, you know, 
physically and spiritually um, last week, but he was just such a happy kid. And he wanted me to, he was talking to me for a few minutes, then he wanted to introduce me to his family. So I met his brothers and sister, Gabriel, Samantha, and Aubriana. And then he wanted to introduce me to his parents. Uh, and so he went and introduced me to his, uh, his mom. And his dad was actually waiting in line to speak to Nate. I had no idea. Um, Rachel had no idea. And so he introduces me to his family. And the girls really want to meet Rachel. They, I mean, they think that she, she's something else. And uh, just because I think we're up in front playing the guitar and, and doing the music, uh, it's almost like they think we're celebrities. And so the, well, the girls are just bubbling over, their hands are over their mouth when I go to introduce Rachel to them. They're really, really excited. And they're like, oh my God. And even one of the girls, when I'm about to introduce her to Rachel, she runs away. And she like can't, cannot handle the, just the, the excitement of meeting Rachel. And so eventually we, they, they get to talking and um, we start talking and talking to them, and they just have so much to say to us about their life and uh, how they want to learn music and sing. And uh, they said they were in a choir together. And I was thinking, you know, one of these days, maybe you guys can take our jobs for us. Um, you know, it's kind of you know what we want, right? To work ourselves out of a job. So, uh, right? We didn't know, but Rachel and I, we continue to talk to this family. We continue to talk to these kids. We take them over to our guitars and we let them play with our guitars. And I mean, it's, okay, and I, I have to say that, you know, when the gospel message ends, what's our mind usually on? Ice cream, right? And that's exactly where my mind was. I was thinking, man, I really want ice cream and these kids are not going away. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, the Lord rebuked me for that, but he, they, they just, you know, they were, there and just kept talking and talking, and there we love them. I mean, they're just so fun, but at the same time, ice cream's on the back of my mind. And so Rachel and I, we're, it's it's getting dark. It's getting dark now. It's pitch black, and we're using our flashlights to hold to hold out so that the, these kids can play our guitars. And we're just talking, and um, there's another couple that's there with us who's uh, talking with uh, the mother of these kids. And all this time, Nate's talking to. The father and turns out that we were sort of distracting the family though we we're sort of taking care of taking care of his kids his wife um, being talking with them um, having fun with them so that the father could talk to Nate and he trusted Christ that evening and you know it's a it's just a, a wonderful story of how the Lord works and uh, aside from my thoughts and uh, almost my unwillingness to, to, to spend time with these kids, yet despite that, the Lord used all of that to, to save this father. And Nate actually walked with his family afterwards, after he talked to this father, and after this father got saved, as they were walking home, Nate said that he thinks the whole family got saved. And he thinks that we could have done a baptism with the whole family because he thinks that they all got saved. So uh, praise the Lord for that. So God can use any one of us. Don't think he can't. We can be all used. 
I know our time is going, but I want, you know, Danny, I want you to take, you know, whatever you got to say. If you folks feel like you have to leave, you know where the exits are. We may be a little bit running over time, but uh, this is good stuff. And I hope it's encouraging to you. And I just wanted to read this here. I got this from somebody who says, next time you feel like God can't use you, remember the following people. Noah was a drunk. Abraham was too old. Isaac was a daydreamer. Jacob was a liar. Leah, Leah was ugly. Joseph was abused. Moses couldn't talk. Gideon was afraid. Samson had long hair and was a womanizer. Rahab was a prostitute. Jeremiah and Timothy, Timothy were too young. David had an affair and was a murderer. Elijah was suicidal. Isaiah preached naked. Jonah ran from God. Naomi was a widow. Job went bankrupt. John the Baptist ate bugs. Peter denied Christ. The disciples fell asleep while praying. Martha worried about everything. Mary Magdalene was a demon was demon possessed. The Samaritan woman was divorced more than once. Zacchaeus was too small. Paul was too religious. Timothy had an ulcer. And Lazarus was dead. Everybody has little quirks, don't they? But God can still use us. And I think that was what these men were really instilling in our hearts to pursue. Danny? Yeah, so, I mean, the messages were great. You know, there was two that really stuck out to me the towards the beginning. But uh, I know that Scott, it was on his heart to not only see uh, people saved uh, into the faith, but also those that were also Christians saved from being stagnant. And uh, he came up to me like at the beginning of the week and said, hey, let's talk. And the last time he said that was uh, at a conference when him and Mike Atwood were here. And uh, he really got to me. And uh, I was like, great, it's going to happen again. I was like thinking about, you know, what I've done, you know. And the, the interesting thing is, is that, Scott, we have a coffee every morning. And he was going to speak on James. But he switched because Ken was talking about James, like Ricky shared one of the messages. And, and I don't think, or not that I don't think, but I know that, God doesn't do anything wrong. You know, he has a plan for everything. And I think that he had Scott do this for a reason. So all the messages for our coffee session was from the heart. And when it's from the heart, it's, it's worth more than planning it out on your own. And Scott was talking about abiding in the vine, uh, John 15. And he was also talking about how the Lord's always there. We have to abide in him. He's not going to leave. He already is abiding with us. He's already here. You know, when two or three are gathered, he's already in this place right now. 
but are we abiding in him or are we just here just to fill up a pew? Um, but up there, I was thinking about it, and Scott, when we, when we met, he was, uh, he was like, hey, how's it going? And for me, you know, I moved up, up north like you guys know, but it, spiritually it was hard. Um, the first thing to go was prayer. second thing to go was reading, and it was bad. Uh, finding a church was hard. I went to a couple of them. They were just really unscriptural. Uh, had to walk out because I was like, well, I know that's not biblical. Um, I found one that's okay, but I don't really like it. But he was just ripping into me, and he's like, well, you might be the stagnant one that I was talking about. And we were only supposed to meet for an hour, but it was like two hours later. We finally stopped talking, and Scott's the only one that I can, I think I can be truly honest with without holding anything back, and uh, he, I think he knows that too. And so he had me in the car, and so I couldn't really go anywhere. I couldn't just walk out of the car. So he had me, he had me there. Plus the air conditioning was great because it was hot because of the, the fire. But um, I think, you know, Scott was praying that, you know, someone's lives were be touched that were saved, and I think that was, he was looking at me. And um, like they said, to confirm that, you know, again, God doesn't do anything that's not planned. And Nate was speaking about the woman at the well, and we kind of know that story enough to where we can probably say it in our sleep, uh, give all the points to it. But something that stuck out is that he said, well, instead of calling it the woman at the well, we can call it the man at the well, because the Lord was there first, waiting for her. And he went through all the W's, the well, the weight, the woman, the water, the word, the worship. She left the water pot, and then she went to witness. And he went through this whole outline, but he, he had some really good points. He said the Lord was already waiting for her. And he said that the Lord's already waiting for us. He knows what we're hiding. You know, we're here at church. We talk to each other, but there's stuff that we hide from each other. There's no person that's 100% honest. And I wasn't being either. And he's like, Daniel, the Lord's waiting for you in the right spot. And, you know, I haven't been at Yosemite for three years. And I think the Lord was like, hey, I'm going to wait for you in Scott's car uh, when we talk. And um, again, Scott knows how to get to me. And um, it was a really good time of just confessing stuff and um, getting to talk with him. And um, that's what touched me probably the most. And uh, I, I hope that others were touched. Again, it was, there was smoke, but again, uh, the last day, Nate, uh, had a really good prayer, and he said, you know what, the fire was probably brought in so that no one would go on the hike. Again, we said the biggest attending meeting, and I think that's true. Um, when I was looking around, usually there's empty spots in the middle because of the sun, people shift, but all the, all the spots were filled, and that wouldn't have happened if the fire was there. People would have gone on hikes, people would have gone taking pictures, I mean, <clears throat> you know, Ricky. See, and that's what Nate did too. He was walking around, and anyone who wasn't paying attention, he called he called you out. So, that the one night he spoke, everyone was just like, "Where is he? Where is he?" Like, um, he called out like three people in the back, and uh, after that, I think everyone was listening, which was a good thing. But because of the fire, again, a lot of people were there throughout the whole week, and that wouldn't have happened, 
and you know the Lord again doesn't do anything by by chance. So I'll give it to the next person if there is one. Josh, anybody? No? Okay. All right. Well, um, yeah, there's a few things that, that really uh, touched me. And, and Ken was speaking in James, too. And he had a great message on the tongue and how powerful the tongue is. You know, I try to read a Proverbs a day. And there's one verse that says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And isn't that true? On what and how we can, how we use that tongue. And um, that's something that really uh, spoke to me, that I just need to constantly be guarding my tongue. And um, I went up to Ken and I told him, you know, I said, you know why? Why dogs, I got eight dogs. And he said, you know why dogs are man's best friend? And I said, they, they wag their tails more than their tongue. And, uh, and it can be true. And I said also that, you know, I've heard it, that the tongue is the actual tail of your heart sticking out of your mouth. Think of that. The actual tail of your heart, what your heart thinketh, and it works its way out, and it's the actual tongue, uh, the tail. And then I used to have a, a little plaque in my car, and it reads, I know you believe you understand what you think I said, but I'm not sure you realize that what you heard is not what I meant. Uh, it's a kind of a tongue twister. I know you believe you understand what you think I said, but I'm not sure you realize that what you heard is not what I meant. And I don't know if we can say that all the time. But um, the tongue is something very hard to train. And uh, even with a large, huge ship, and that just can turn just by the moving of that rudder. And then what can be more truer to us up there is how just a little spark can start a fire. And uh, so we need to really guard these tongues of ours. And, um, and then Ken, he really, he just was so emphatic on this phrase. And I think it, it really, it's talking about the pride that we talk about, you know, talk about tonight. And it is so true and he just, both of the men, I mean, I mean, Nate has easier abilities to express himself fully in his feelings, and, and, and Ken, I mean, he was getting, you know, pretty strong too. And at the end, he said, stop being so selfish. That was, that was a message. Stop being so selfish and that's pride and um, so it was again I, I encourage you to to get the tapes the CDs 
and and uh, make sure your seatbelt is fastened when Nate is <laughs> is speaking. And um, but they're very good. I encourage you. So there's nothing else. No, okay. So and I want to thank Jason. Thank you so much for helping me get these uh, pictures together. Uh, he drove all the way from Oakhurst all the way down while I was on the computer trying to sort things out. And uh, I appreciate that so much, Jason. I know you were very tired. And we got on the freeway, and there was a couple accidents. We went, diverted one accident, and then got to over to another accident, diverted another way. And um, but uh, it was a it was a very good week. And um, I look forward to to next year in the will of the Lord so, to be back. So um, maybe we'll just close the time in prayer right now. Heavenly Father. Uh, <clears throat> we do thank you so much for Ken and, and Nate and their wives. We appreciate uh, for them to be able to be there at Yosemite. But Father, it, it's hard to realize, but it is so true, O oh God, that you can use us too. Just that, like the list of those names, they, there's some awful things that were pointed out in their lives, but... Oh, Father, we can bring up so many excuses, and yet, oh, God, we, we, we quench the Spirit so much. And we need to stop being so selfish and just commit our ways and our lives to thee, oh, God, and let you have the reins of our heart and our lips and our tongue. And, oh, Father, we just look forward to great blessing as we would commit our ways unto thee. We give you thanks, oh, Father, for your son and all that he did on this earth and healing the sick and making the lame to walk and the blind to see and all these wonderful things, wanting and wanting to reach out to all, feeling compassion to the multitudes and just wanting to see so many to come to a saving knowledge of yourself. And Father, we have that wonderful hope. I just pray, that, oh God, that you would help us to be, to use it by you. And we just again thank you so much, oh Lord, for your life atoning work there at Calvary and all you went through, oh Lord Jesus, we thank you. We ask these things in that wonderful name of Lord Jesus. Amen.